Welcome, <laughs> Welcome to the Fellowship College Podcast. Some of you will break up by the end of this episode. Whoa. Well, we're continuing our series on single, dating, engaged, and married. Or for some of you out there, love, sex, and dating with a dollar sign. Can't forget the dollar sign. And so this week is part two of healthy dating. And so uh, last week, we had an incredible team lead us through kind of like the purpose of dating, why it even exists in our social construct, because it didn't really exist in the Bible. So why do we have it now? And since we do have it now, how do we do that? Well, that's kind of our conversation for today. And so since we're talking about dating, and since we're all on the college team, we meet with college students all the time. I wanted to know if a college student came up to you and said, hey, I'm going on this first date. I'm planning it. What should we do? What would be a great first date that you would advise them to do? Whenever I have been asked that, I have uh, I always give them like a framework. And so first piece of the framework is do something that you enjoy doing. It's like, yeah, think about what the other person would enjoy doing too, but don't like try to go do something. They're like, oh my gosh, I think they would like this, but you would hate it because then nobody's going to have a good time if you're like kind of suffering through it, you know? So something yeah. that's fun. And it probably wouldn't bring out your personality either. Totally. Yeah, it's like, don't do that. That's not fun. Um, but then the second thing, the, my go-to is always some type of food because people love food. People bond over food. We'll Who doesn't food. love it? And then some type of like fun activity that specifically is easy to like talk with each other with. Amen. Um, Amen. Because like you, you want the conversation to be going, you want to get to know the other person, but you want, you don't want to do something that's like so intense or so like mind consuming that you, you can't have a good conversation. So for example, the first date that I took uh, my wife on KT, we Your went- wife. That's right. I'm still not used to that. Kind of crazy, isn't it? But I love it. <laughs> uh, we went to uh, Kohler uh, Park up in Bentonville. Beautiful. Um, I love that. I started going there like before it kind of officially opened because my house growing up was over near there. Um, and there's like kind of this little festival thing on. So we literally just like kind of walked around, checked out some stuff, had like really great conversation. Uh, and then we went and got something to eat in Bentonville. And that was the entire date and it was super fun. So it's real simple. You get real extreme with it if you want to do something like fun, but I'm like, if you can talk well and mm. eat some good food, that's always, I'm like brainstorm that. For anyone in the Northwest Arkansas area, now I, I tell people all the time to go to Kohler. This actually isn't my answer, but <laughs> piggybacking off that, you go to Kohler, you park, you walk, it's like a mile mm -hmm. on this beautiful paved road where there's mountain bike trails to your left and to your right, there's a stream, it's mm -hmm. beautiful. And then you have a destination, which is this airship coffee that's mm -hmm. out in the middle of nowhere. You can get coffee or if you're of age, you can get uh, an adult beverage or get some tacos mm -hmm. or nachos or stuff like that. And it's just, it, you're just walking and talking the whole way. It's a great first date. It's a great first Kohler, date. Kohler's a good spot. I don't know if I have a perfect first date as an answer to give someone, but my answer would be do not do something like a movie where you're just sitting next to each other mm -hmm. and watching the movie and then you're like, okay, good first date. We have not, not had a single conversation. I don't know anything more about you, but we watched a movie together. We talked about the movie and now we're going home. Hate it. Hate it. Is if someone asked you to a movie on the first date, 
red flag. Is that something <laughs> that people like still do? No. I feel like that's phased out. That's like a boomer Gen X yeah. type of first date, I think. I mean, I could see if like you were just so nervous about a first date, you couldn't come up with anything. You just default <laughs> to that idea. But I've heard people go to movies on first dates. Really? And they're like, oh, we both really love movies. I'm like, great. Not a first date. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm 1000% with you on that. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my only opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. If there's much more to say. Um, I agree with you guys, like some uh, way that you guys can talk and um, just get to know them. I will say a good second date. This isn't the question, but I'm taking it this direction. Um, second dates next second week. Da- We're no. going to talk about that next week. Surely not. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> y'all, for those of you listening, there has been some tension between Josh and I this morning in the podcast room. Um, oh, they can, the listeners I have been can feel it <laughs> since I walked through the this listeners door. can definitely feel the tension <laughs> um, with Jacob too. Um, <laughs> Joanna's the only one on my side. I'm nice. Um, uh, second, right. Okay. So <laughs> I think all of those things are great for first dates, but a second date could be like going to a coffee shop and playing games because then like, you can like be focused on games where it's like not as much talking, but there's still talking involved and you can always like pause and just like take the game slowly, but also you can get more personality out of the games, which is always fun. So I think mm-hmm. that's always a really good second date. So fun. Let me give you a couple other, other ones for free here. Okay. I know I've already kind of contributed a little bit. One Chick-fil-A tag. Okay, you heard me right. Chick fil A tag. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> this sounds like if somebody was selling like like date idea package, like a game or something, and that's like one of the card you draws out in the front just says Chick-fil-A tag. And you're like, what is that? And you flip it over. Yeah. Chick-fil-A tag, very self-explanatory. Kind of what Jacob was talking about. Have something involving food, especially if you're balling on a budget. This is good. Get to know what they order at Chick-fil-A. That tells you everything you need to know about a person. <laughs> and then you play laser tag. I would say be on the same team, maybe on the first date. I think that would be fun. Kind of cooperate mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. You have the rest of your life to compete against each other. So oh. you don't need to do that. Or you'll never uh, talk to each other uh, after that date again. Okay, Chick-fil-A. Either, either or. Either or. <laughs> Chick-fil-A or tag. That's a great one. Here's another good one. Okay. And we're, oh no, we've only been going for six minutes. That's better than normal. <laughs> Usually we're at the 10 minute mark by now. Um, go to Barnes and Noble while they still exist, while they're still alive. <laughs> And you each go and pick out five books, okay? And usually there's a coffee shop at a Barnes and Noble. You you have, let's call it 15 minutes to pick out five books that every book has to explain something about you, whether it's your childhood, whether it's something that you en- like, uh, something that you enjoy, whether it's like a book that actually you've read and that has played an impact in your life. And so then you you get those five books, you take them to the coffee shop, you get whatever coffee beverage and snack you want. And then you talk about, okay, I picked this book mm-hmm. because of this. And it's like such a fun kind of way to get to know the other person, especially on a first date where the whole purpose of the date is to kind of get to know them. I have done that on a first date before, and I will say that it was good. It was a good. Movie. Okay, I yeah. couldn't tell. I couldn't tell why you were yeah. looking at me weird. I was like, Eileen <laughs> hates this date. No, we've just we've talked about this before, but no, it's a it's a good move. It's a good move. A good move. So there you go. If if you hear nothing else from this podcast, you have <laughs> you have several first date ideas, mm-hmm. and so like we said, t- today is going to be more practical when it comes to dating. Uh, like how do we do this well as Christians? 
And so I think a first question that I hear all the time is, how do I know that I'm even ready to go on a date with somebody? And I wasn't here last week. And so if, <laughs> if y'all talked about any of the questions I asked, just say, we talked about that last week, move on. Yeah, that's um, something to consider whenever you're thinking about just like the dating space, how do you date, asking questions like that, like how do I know that I'm ready? Um, something really simple to keep in mind is that with even with everything else in life, like the main focus for us as followers of Jesus should be like, do I love Jesus? And am I trying to follow him like wholeheartedly in everything in life? And if so, like if you could honestly say yes to that and you have these different like markers in your life that would kind of prove that you, you're probably in a pretty good space to date. If there's like some glaring things in your life that you need to work through, like maybe just some like hard things in your past that causes like relational tension or different things like that to where it makes you feel uncomfortable about the idea of dating or maybe somebody is telling you like, hey, maybe like take some time to like work through this specific thing. That'd be a good thing to like, you know, pause on the dating. But if you could answer for me anyways, if you can answer honestly that question as a general guideline that I'm like, yeah, you're probably ready to. Um, there's other things to consider like, well, how long are you willing to be in a dating relationship with somebody before you might want to move to marriage? Because if you're like, oh, I wouldn't want to marry anybody for five years. I'm like, personal opinion. I'm like, maybe don't start dating because that would be a really long time. And there's probably not some good things that could come out of that. But generally that's just kind of my default. I always think about that. Yeah. I think, um, just going off of that and uh, this might be a hot take. It might not, but if we're dating for marriage, then if you're not ready to get married, don't be dating someone because then you're just going to be wasting the other person's time. Um, and that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, yeah I, I would put like a qualifier on that. I, I think I agree with 90% of that. I think if you don't see marriage on the near horizon, I don't think you need to be like, yeah, I could get married anytime, like any second. Mm-hmm. But I, I totally agree with if if marriage isn't even on the horizon, then you sh- I, I don't think you should be dating, which probably excludes dating in high school. And I've had so much pushback from parents, especially when I was doing student ministry, I was like, yeah, your your son probably shouldn't like be dating because he's in tenth grade, and like he probably best case scenario gets married in six years. And she's like, no, but it's for the it's for the practice. I was like, yeah, that's not that's not the point of dating, which I'm sure y'all talked about last week. And so I'd also put another qualifier on when you might not be ready to go on a date, and a lot of that has to do with past relationships like and there's no black or white answer to this a lot of it has to do with uh your own history and this last relationship but if you just recently broke up with someone or or you got broken up with and uh you just like i just want to move on that's probably not a healthy time to start a new relationship and again i can't give you like a Here's how long you need to wait because it's going to be different for every person in every season. But I would say have community around you that you can ask. If if you don't have people that you you can ask, hey, do you think I'm ready to date somebody? Or if you're afraid to ask people that question, you're probably not in a good spot to date. Mm-hmm. Hot take number two. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think just like you said, take time to process and and learn about yourself, learn about what happened in that relationship, talk to the Lord about it. Um, I will say, you know, you can go through counseling, like you can take time, um, but sometimes like there is no amount of counseling or time that can prepare you for stepping into another relationship. And like I say that out of experience, um, like I, I went through some pretty hard relationships early on, um, like at the end of high school and in, in college. And when I stepped into a relationship recently, like I've been through counseling, like I've had years of just processing, but there was no amount of that that could have prepared me for the things that had come up. And so it's, it's a process too of don't be so afraid that you never step into going on dates again, but just know that, Hey, things are going to come up in any relationship that you're in and just know that and remember to take it as it comes and don't bury it, but just be processing as you go. Yeah, that's good. You don't have to, you don't have to have it all figured out mm -hmm. or be in this place where you're like, yeah, I've nailed it. Like I'm, uh, I have nothing I'm working on. That's hopefully that's never going to be where you're at. Um, and so, yeah, that's good. And so let's say you've come to a place you're like, yeah, I think I, I'm ready to date. What should you be looking for in like a potential partner? Like what should you be looking for in someone to ask on a date or if somebody else asks you on a date, I guess those are probably different questions, but what should you be looking for in somebody to date? Okay, asking um, as the only single person to the three married people in this room, did y'all have a uh, list of 50 qualities um, for a future spouse before Five, you Five, zero, <laughs> 50? That's a lot. 50 is crazy. You're, you're, Do you're you have a to... list of 50? No. Oh. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I, I, so like whenever I first started following Christ and, well, let's say this, whenever I first started following Christ and then was like considering like, okay, I both would like to date and feel like I'm in a good spot to date. I did make a list of things that were like, hey, these are like, you know, you have like the non-negotiables part and then you have these, like the other things are like, oh, the deal breakers or whatever. And over time and as I went on dates and then was in a couple relationships, um, just through some of those experiences, I, I started like looking at that list and seeing how those non-negotiables where it's like, I'm I'm like looking at scripture as like what scripture says, somebody who's following Jesus, what their life ought to look like, how they relate with others. And I saw that play out in those relationships and how meaningful it was. And then I saw all the other things kind of like these people were so different from each other that like half of them were on there, like a third of them, like they almost, not that they didn't matter, but they just didn't hold near the weight and so I kind of like just abandoned that side of it and was like, you know, I know that there's things that uh, in someone that I might get along with more, or I'm like more naturally attracted to, everybody has that. But the weight landed so much more on that other side of like, are they this like really godly person? Um, and so, yeah, I did have a list and it got reduced down to like those things. And I love that list and KT is that list. Oh. Wow. <laughs> KT, if you're listening, you've got a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Precious. Uh, but as far as like what to look out for, always like, do they love Jesus? Like, are do, are they affectionate towards Jesus? I think is a big marker, especially in our culture, like just kind of where we live. Um, it still really is, there's like some social value to doing Christian things 
and kind of being moral. Um, but then not, you might not actually like love Jesus. Uh, and being able to see the difference of that within somebody, I think is really important. It's like, do they love Jesus? Um, and then looking at things like, how are they treating other people? It's like, if they're loving Jesus, hopefully the way they're treating other people is very sacrificial. Um, they're investing in other people. Uh, they're, they're like hard workers at the things that they're doing. There's kind of just like character qualities that, you know, you read through the scriptures. You're like, I hope that would land there. Um, but for me, it's like, do they like, can I tell, do, do I see it? Do I hear it in them that they have feelings towards Jesus is a big one for me. Yeah, that that's good. You got, you know, Proverbs 31. I'm just kidding. I'm oh, kidding. Yeah, I'm yeah. kidding. Um, here's the hard part. I agree 100%. The hard part is some of those things you don't find out until you start to go on dates, mm-hmm. which I which I think is okay. And so before we even get, get there, I, and this is probably more for the ladies listening, but probably for the guys too, what are the, is there anything that you like should, if that comes up that you shouldn't go on a date with someone like what are the red flags of like oh I, they asked me on a date and i'm going to say no or should you go on a date with anyone that asks you Ali is winding up to answer this question. <laughs> no, I um, I think Jacob mentioned a few podcasts ago that he enjoys my dating stories. Um, <laughs> one time I, I worked at Starbucks uh, two years ago. Yeah. Um, and someone in the drive through line, he was a regular, he would come every single day. And um, he asked me out in the drive through line at Starbucks. Um, and I did say no. Um, and my, Why did you say no? My reasoning for that is... Um, this was an assumption, but I was pretty sure that he did not know Jesus um, just from the interactions over the the few months that, you know, we had had. Um, and so, you know, for me as a follower of Jesus, my main priority, like Jacob said, is going to be that someone is also following Jesus and not just like Christian culture. Oh yeah, I go to church on Sunday, but they love the Lord. Um, and so I'm, I know that if someone asks me out and they don't know the Lord, then I'm not going to waste their time. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to say yes. You know, um, I do think there are, um, I don't know. I've, I've had a lot of conversations, um, with girls about almost like two, two ditches that we can fall into. And one is, oh yeah. Like anytime anyone shows me any attention, asks me out, then yes, I'm going to go on a date with them. And then the other ditch of, no, I'm never going to go on a date with any guy until, if, until I know I'm going to marry exactly. them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think we have to be in the middle with that. Um, because whenever we're on extremes, that's kind of a dangerous, um, place to be. It's a little bit of, um, walking on thin ice, but like, I mean, in the, like, oh no, I'm never going to go on a date with anyone ever. I, I mean, I think like give people a chance. Like y- you don't know. Um, if you know for sure, like, no, like this is not something that I could ever see working out then. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, and I, I think, I guess answering the question more specifically, those things would be, okay, are they following Jesus? If not, then that's going to be kind of an automatic disqualifier. Um, But otherwise, I don't know. Can you all think of any other specific reasons to to shoot someone down? I think it depends on what you value, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think, yes, ultimately when it comes down to it, do they love the Lord? Do I love the Lord? Like you can make a relationship out of that. And we've talked about that in the past of yes, 
like that can work because you both love the Lord. But ultimately, if you're dating towards the end of marriage, then don't you want to be in a marriage with someone that you love spending time with and love doing things with and have common interests with? Um, And so I think one of, like, obviously when I was looking to date, like that was my number one, like they have to love the Lord. They have to have a personal relationship with him. Um, But, and this maybe sounds shallow, but I always, always had in my mind that I wanted to marry a musician because that is a big, big part of my life. And when I go home, that's what I want to talk about. And that is like, the thing that makes me the most excited other than my faith. Um, And so I didn't want to be in a committed relationship with someone that didn't even have the language to, to relate to me on that. And so I knew that was something that was another big, I'm spending a lot of time with this person. I want them to be able to get excited with me about this. Um, And so if someone asked me out, that wasn't, and I would know that it wouldn't work down the road because this is a huge desire that I had for marriage. And I wanted partnership, not only in our faith, but also in that area of our lives that we'd be able to do that together as well. And so that was something for me that I would put up there. So I guess it depends what, what areas of your life do you want partnership in? What, when you go home, do you want to be able to spend time with your spouse doing, or what is something in your life that is a big area that, you would want to share with someone I think you could know that you can know that and it's not it's not super shallow because if you really are building a life with someone you want it to be someone you enjoy spending time with and have fun with so and I think um going off of that because I like that you mentioned you wanted to marry someone who is a musician because that's a big um part of your life. Um, I was having a conversation with a student recently who had just started going on dates with this guy who's Presbyterian. Um, and she grew up with kind of a Baptist background and she came to me and she was like, Eileen, I don't know anything about like the Presbyterian denomination. Like, can I be going on dates with this guy? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> oh, no. if you don't know anything, that's a fair question. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. And, and I think, okay, well, let's look at where you're at. And in what do you value? What's important to you? And where are you at in your faith? And and I think that's that might look a little different for for different people. Um, I think if you know when it comes to dating someone who is also a Christian, you know we have unity on the the main orthodoxy things, right? Like if if they're rejecting the Trinity, th- that's not Christianity. Um, red flag, you know. Um, but if if you are out here loving the Lord and um, maybe you are just really passionate about missions and and you know what, you could care less about the more doctrinal theological things. Um, if there are things that you're willing to, to like budge on theologically, um, I don't know. I, I feel like that may look different for someone who is, um, you know, super just diving into like, I, I don't know, ha- has a very strong conviction about specific things doctrinally. And so they're not willing to budge, you know? And, and she answered that question. She's like, well, number one on my list of what I value is being under the authority of, of local elders. Okay. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work out, unfortunately, but you know. So I don't know. I, I just think if we have students out there that are listening to this and they're like, you know, what if I'm uh, Methodist in there? <laughs> What, do you guys have anything else to say to that? You're giving me looks in this room. No, that's that's no. totally fair. I, if somebody's asking those questions, like I love that you're considering that. It's like you have this deep, 
yeah, desire to know those things. It's th- th- one of the aspects of dating is that it is so unique to each situation that you find yourself in. Like there's so many nuances to all these questions where it's like somebody who might love music as much as you, Joanna, could have a different thought about like dating and pursuing spouse where they're like, even if they don't, if they're willing to like j- just come alongside me as I love it, which hopefully they would, mm-hmm. um, then that's great. And they don't have that same value on the exact same thing that you have. And that's like totally okay. And then the same for Eileen, what you said. And so figuring out like, just knowing that there's so many different avenues that you can go down and asking, like, I love that she came and asked you that question Mm -hmm. because you're just getting clarity from community. And so it's like, there's so many just not black and white answers to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. For sake of time, we're going to continue to move on. Let's pretend now that you have been on a couple of dates and you're like, dating like boyfriend girlfriend whoa whoa crazy whoa. you change your facebook status people still do that no, no they don't do that. <laughs> okay well if you heard millennial you change your facebook status uh to in a relationship with and so now you're in a relationship how do you do that well as a christian and you can just take this as vaguely as you want what are some keys to success for pursuing communication dating like how do you do that well i one of my like values that i hold to and not just like relationships as far as like romantic relationships or dating but in life is to err on the side of over communication um communicate what, what was how do you say it ali communicate <laughs> clarity is kindness clarity is clarity. kindness clarity, clarity is only kindness. comes with good communication <laughs> so true um we hard clarity we heart clarity <laughs> as it says on my Slay. notes page <laughs> um but i think it it can be for for good intention easy to fall into a ditch of not communicating well because you don't want to maybe get into something that you're maybe you're not ready to get into yet. Maybe it's too deep for the stage of a relationship you're in or something like that. And so then you just don't say it or you, somebody makes you like the person you're dating makes you feel a certain way, but you're like, ah, I don't know if I can like let them know that they made me feel like that. There's discernment to have in all conversations, but generally if you're going to err to the side of not communicating enough or maybe saying too much, <clears throat> excuse me, and then having to go back and kind of like re-explain and things like that, I'm like, just commu- over-communicate and then you can be an adult and go back and talk about it. Because uh, while you're dating, if you get into a place where you feel like you can't say something to the other person, um, or you feel like you're having to like jump into their head and figure out what they're thinking, that can breed a lot of anxiety. It can breed a lot of not trusting the other person and it's a quick spiral in a really bad direction. Um, and I've just, I've been there myself and I've talked with a lot of guys who, again, for the sake of not going maybe too deep, too quick, they're like, I don't really know if we can like talk about this. I'm like, man, if you feel like you need to tell them this thing or you need to talk about it, do it. And I think that's not just for dating. Obviously that's for if you end up getting married all the way through marriage and that's even for like for us, you know, as we're, as we're co-working together and things like that air on the side of over communication. I always tell people that. Yeah, that's so good. I think the, the keys to success in dating are communication and community. Mm. Like I know y'all talked about this last week, but just to emphasize it, if you are communicating well, giving them clarity 
And then also if you both have people that, that are watching, watching the way that you date each other, that you have people that you can kind of process with, that they have people that they can process with. If you're doing things in groups as well, and you're doing that in community, that is going to protect you from so many pitfalls that so many people fall into. And so communication and community are just non-negotiable. Anything yeah. else to add? I think that goes for beginning a relationship as well. Like just the clarity and over communication part of it. Um, I know we make jokes about going on accidental dates a lot in here. <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> That's funny guys. <laughs> but, this is why we like clarity. <laughs> but um, when you're, I know we hate the DTRs to define the relationship, you know, it's very cheesy and we make fun of it, but it's good and it needs to happen. Um, and I think on both sides, just even when you're starting a relationship and as you go through a relationship, be clear about what your intentions are, what your boundaries are, um, and be open with, with your people about it and what you're thinking about and what you're processing through. And yeah, just clarity. We heart clarity. We do heart clarity. Slay. Um, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about like, engagement and marriage basically it's going to be the conversation is okay this dating relationship is going really well what do i do next and so we're going to get there i promise but for today's conversation since we're going to talk about kind of like the good in weeks to come what happens if things aren't going well and so for the next for our last i guess 10 minutes or so i want to talk through the kind of hardships of dating a how to deal with boundaries. I know that's a question that gets asked all the time. And then B, when to know if we should break up or end things and how to handle that well. So let's start with boundaries. We get this question. It's probably the number one question we get asked in any Q&A that we do. So what what are good boundaries, physical, emotional, spiritual, for a Christian couple? Boundaries are going to look different for um, each person, each couple, um, because there are layers of history um, that go into each relationship. And so um, it's going to look different for someone who has never been in a relationship um, and someone who maybe has had a, a colorful past, you know? Um, and so those are things where clarity and, and having open conversation early on is a really good thing. Um, so you don't find yourself kind of in the thick of it and then having to, to you know, backtrack a little bit. Um, but on that note, when you set boundaries early on, they're probably going to have to be readjusted as you go on in your relationship. Um, just as things, you know, progress and um, you get to know one another more and you're more comfortable with each other, the things that you say, the things you do, that's going to change. And so don't be afraid to say, hey, um, can we pause and can we, can we look back on those boundaries, you know? Um, and while you're doing that, have people in your life that are going to hold you to a holy standard and are not afraid to call you out on that, that know your, your specific boundaries. Um, because if you don't have people speaking into that or holding you accountable, then it's going to be really, really easy to just fall into a space where you don't want to be. That's not glorifying to the Lord. Crazy. Um, I, what I'm hearing you say is you need communication with one another uh -huh. and you need community. Crazy. No way. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not going to name any specifics because I feel like that's different for each person. But I mean, y'all can if you have opinions on it. Yeah, I think whenever you whenever you're thinking about boundaries, there's usually I think two types of people that ask that question. It's someone who is asking, hey, what are the boundaries in the context of dating as a Jesus follower so that I know them and I can get as close to them as possible? How much can I get away with yes, is what we're exactly. asking. Yeah. Um, and then there's people who are asking like, hey, how should, like what type of boundaries sh should I set? Because like, I really want this relationship, like you said, to be God honoring and to no matter what the outcome of it ends up being for it to be the best outcome. You want to be that second person asking the boundaries question from that type of heart disposition. That's good. Because if that is actually your desire, as you conversate with that other person, y'all are gonna, whatever those boundaries end up being, y'all are gonna land on the right ones. If you're coming from the first mentality, you're probably going to cross those boundaries a lot more. You are probably going to set boundaries that include things that prob should, probably should not be there. And so a lot of it comes from that motivation factor. Um, that's like, I always like asking people questions when they ask me that to kind of figure out where, where are you coming from in that? And I've been on both sides. Like I've been like, okay, I'm set these boundaries. And you know, especially when I first started dating, it was like, ah, I wasn't, I wasn't bouncing off my community well, because I knew they'd probably get after me for being like, why, what do you mean? That's a, that's not a boundary. Like, what are you doing? Like, why do you have this type of list yeah. for boundaries and things like that? Um, but I mean, there's like there's certain things where it's like, yeah, there's like sexual experiences that you should not experience with somebody yeah. unless you are in the covenant of marriage. Mm -hmm. If you get like anywhere near that, that is like at a hundred percent off limits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and the crazy thing is if we're just going to be blunt and honest here, you're like, if we're talking about physical boundaries, your bodies actually do a pretty good job of telling you, Hey, both guys and girls, Hey, like my body is gearing up for some sort of sexual activity. Yeah. And if you're in one of those situations, and sometimes it's random, I totally get that. But if you're in that situation, it's at least an opportunity to pause and ask mm -hmm. the question, am I putting myself in a situation where I'm going to cross a boundary? And more often than not, it's going to be, hey, you know, we just need to we need to go back out in the living room or we need to, we yeah. need to go to Brahms or we need to like invite some friends over to like watch a movie with a, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, we're doing, we're probably doing something or in a situation that if we continue it, we're going to at least like approach the boundaries that, that we've set. And so like, I think that's, you just got to listen to your own body because it actually does a pretty good job of alerting you. If you're like, if you're, if it's gearing up for sexual activity, that's just like the blunt, honest answer. Yeah. And I just want to throw another one of those in there. Um, if you are spending the night with your significant other, that is not a smart move and you shouldn't be doing that. Um, you know, you can say, oh, but like, we're not having sex. Like, it's fine. Like we're, you know, we're, we're on different sides of the bed, you know. Um, if you are getting in the habit of, First of all, like, okay, <laughs> um, if, if you aren't, great. But, it, it, I mean, you are getting yourself in the habit of spending the night with someone. And if you guys break up, then that is going to be very, very difficult. Um, 
and it is going to increase the pain tenfold of, um, you know, having to go from being with someone every night or every other night to, to sleeping alone. And that is not a healthy thing that, mm-hmm. that you should be stepping into. Um, and, yeah, yeah, that's just, it's not a smart move. Yeah, well, that, that would be like a good example of that could for sure lead to crossing some type of like physical boundary, mm-hmm. but that is crossing an emotional and spiritual boundary mm-hmm. with somebody that should not be crossed unless you're married. Yeah. Well, when people people ask me all the time, they're like, oh, but like if I'm, I'm, if I'm gonna marry this person anyway, like what's the, what's the big deal? And here's the crazy part is that again, like, from like a physiological, psychological level, when you cross sexual boundaries, when you're spending the night, when you're doing crossing these emotional boundaries, your body is like, from like a psychological level, is connecting yourself to that person, which if you are married, is actually a really sweet thing. But if you're not, what's happening is that, let's say you like, you're basically going to, justify so many other things that would normally be red flags. Um, and just because you're like, well, like, you know, this is my person where I connected and you're probably, you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're more likely for like any sort of like verbal abuse, emotional abuse, like, like you're, and you're going to, that's how you get in those situations. That's so I, I don't want to be like, so, just like specific. I know there's nuance there, yeah. but that's one of the ways you get into those situations where you start to be okay with toxic relationships for both guys and girls is you've crossed these lines because from a psychological level, you're connecting yourself to this person and now you can't view life without them in a sense. And all these red flags that keep coming up of like, oh, this is a toxic relationship. You continue to ignore those and push those away and isolate because your body and like your psychological level, physiological level has like connected yourself to that person and you get into some really, really bad situations. Yeah. And on even just a a viewpoint of self-control, I mean, I know that, that if I could not trust someone to have the self-control to, you know, refrain from things before marriage. Then if I were to marry that person in the back of my mind, I would always be thinking, yeah, but are they going to have enough self-control with other people not to cheat on me? Mm. You know? And so I think remembering self-control is a fruit of the spirit and to, to practice that and to pray for that before marriage and, and just being able to witness that in someone else is a really, really great character trait um, that can allow for more trust to grow in marriage too. And if you're not good at self-control in dating, you're not going to, you're not, it doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. It's going to look different in marriage, but you're just setting yourself up for Mm -hmm. failure. And if you don't get married and to the person that you're dating and you end up deciding, Hey, I need to end it. They ended it with me. We need to end it. However that goes. What's like one or two little practicals there before we end for, breaking up ending on a great note yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about but it happens we'll, a lot yes obviously. and we'll talk about the good in the next couple of weeks yeah. of like preparing for marriage engagement all that stuff but for our last couple minutes what are some reasons to break up some some red flags some things are like hey here's where i here's how i can know that this is not the person i'm supposed to be with um the if they're obviously like big glaring things, like if you, if all of a sudden you realize like they are not walking with God, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. If they're 
pushing you, I like what you're talking about, towards sin in some capacity. It's like, okay, I, I can't trust you, you know, if, if that's the case. Those are like big ones. Um, it gets harder whenever it's maybe more nuanced, just like, ah, it's like the connection thing isn't there, you know, stuff like that. If, for whenever I talk with people who are kind of like thinking about this, um, I always kind of challenge them to think about where in this like specifically dating stage timeline type thing are you? are you like kind of a little ways into it? Like maybe you guys have been dating for a while and you're starting to kind of like feel this thing. I'm always like, okay, well, why don't you guys talk about it and then figure out if there's something that needs to be resolved that you can move through because now you're practicing, can we move through kind of like a hard thing or a disconnect, which will happen once you're married also with somebody. And if you can, that's a really good sign for the relationship. If you can't, it might be a sign, you know, to end it. If it's earlier on, like really early on, like you've, you just started dating and this is like, it just hits right there and it keeps going. That's like, maybe there's not um, this, I think uh, Tim Keller talks about this like scarlet thread that is kind of like hard to put your finger on. You can't really define it, but you can feel it in the relationship. It's like, it's okay to end a relationship based on that, especially early on. Um, but it kind of depends on, in my opinion, where you're at. It's like, how much work do you want to put into that relationship? If you feel like you don't want to put any work into it, like right at the beginning, it's like, I don't know, maybe there's something you need to work through to get to that point, or maybe there's actually something going on. So those are some like kind of low level and high level things I think about. Yeah, that's good. Cause it, it is like a, it's a gray area and it depends on the, on the couple and on the relationship and the people involved. I think the, the traps that you can fall on on either side. I know there's some people that are like, you know, everything has to be, perfect the second something goes wrong like I don't like we argued we fought like we had this conflict okay they must not be the one for me someone's just ready to pull the cord like right away that's a that's a trap because every relationship is going to have conflict part of relationships is learning how to do that well together or I've heard I hear this all the time about even with Christians ugh, I feel like especially with Christians that are like dating for five years or you know, they've been out of college for for a while. They've been in the same city. They've been dating for five years. Like I'm just, I'm only like 99% sure I want to marry them. And I just don't know if I can get to that 100%. You know, when you get to that 100% on your wedding day, when you commit to them, because that's what marriage is, it's commitment. Okay, hot take number one. The <laughs> other side, the other side is, is that you're just willing to put up with so much because you just want to be married so bad and you idolize marriage so much that you're willing to overlook a lot of things. And again, this is where community plays a huge role. Please listen to your community, have people that you trust. And so the other is like, ah, you know what? It's okay. They do this. They do this. Ah, they're not really following Jesus. Or, but, you know, they have John 3.16 in their bio. That's fine. That's good enough for me. Like, And you just, you just want to be married so bad that you're willing to overlook so much stuff. That's the other trap that you have to, have to avoid. And then for everybody else, it's kind of this gray area in the middle that you have to use this thing called wisdom and discernment. And you have to, again, communicate and bring it to community well. And then it's just a case by case basis for, for the rest of y'all. Anything to add before we close? Yeah. I mean, I think, yes, remember that and again, this is from a Christian standpoint. So if you're not following the Lord, this probably isn't going to make sense to you, but, um, remembering that, okay, there is a purpose for dating and being serious about that, but also 
dating is not marriage. Like you don't have to figure out if you want to marry someone after two dates Mm -hmm. and don't be so afraid of going on dates that you never just never go on dates. Um, I think this culture tends to take dating really, really seriously. And it's this like really big thing. And honestly, like go have fun, like go hang out with people, figure out what you like and don't like. And you know what, if, if you think that, oh, potentially this person and I might glorify the Lord better together than apart, then keep going on dates with them. But I, I just, I hear so many people freak out about dating because it's just been told to our culture that, you go on a date with someone, you have to marry them. And so I think just have fun and be really clear in where you're at and have open communication and have those people surrounding you. And that's just all I have to say. That's good. So here's where we're end. If, if you know that you're not going to end up with this person, if you, whether because of community or just you're like, Hey, I need to break up with this person. Here's the things you can't do. Please do not blame it on God. It's okay. Just say, Hey, Hey, we're not, we're not meant to be together or like, Hey, I don't see a future with us. Be very clear. You can be clear to them about, Hey, why? If, especially mm-hmm. if they ask for it, be, be clear. That's going to, again, clarity is kindness. That's going to help them in future relationships. And then don't lead them on the longer, if you know you need to break up with someone, the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Don't waste their time. Um, and just be, be really clear, be real, real honest. And, and that's okay. And so next week we'll talk about engagement and kind of like how to know is ready to ask the, you're ready to ask the question. And so until then, grace Grace and and peace. peace.